One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hello, the world. Today we have a little departure from our normal true crime cases. We wanted to tell you a scary story, and today's tale was written and performed by my sister, Courtney Eck. So sit back and get scared, because this is The X-Files. Is there anything better than the feeling of locking the door to your work at the end of a long shift? The feeling is even sweeter when you've got a really fun night planned out, and that's exactly what I'm feeling tonight. I glance at the clock and do a quick calculation as I pull the till out of the drawer and gather the receipts and the other things I need to close out for the night. The fastest I've ever managed to close down a shift was 25 minutes, but tonight I'm determined to do it in 15. Ooh, it's going to be a fun night. I have the drawer stacked so high with crap I need to close out, I almost cause a catastrophe when I bump the manager's office door with my arm on the way in, but I correct at the last minute and manage to stay on track. Not a second wasted. I set the drawer down with the receipts and the bank drop bags beside it and glance at the clock to check my progress. Only three minutes have passed since I turned the lock in the place on the gas station door, solidifying the end of my retail drudgery and the beginning of a night that will most certainly end somewhere around the time the sun will be coming up. The monitors for the cameras that survey the front and inside of the store are positioned near the clock, and as I turn my attention back to my closing duties, I notice an enormous man standing at the front door. He is as wide as he is tall, bald, and just standing there, staring, expressionless and completely still, as if he's looking for something very specific right on the other side of the glass. I smirk, knowing I've already secured the lock for the night, so whatever the hulking customer needs, he's going to have to find it at another convenience store. Sorry, bub. I spin back to my till and start the process of reconciling receipts with the credit card machine and cash drawer lightning fast. I don't necessarily like this job, but it's perfect for me for where I am in my life and I've reached that sweet spot where the people watching is just interesting enough to keep me entertained and I can close out the receipt math without ever looking at the calculator. It's the little things. My calculations come up perfectly balanced and I don't waste any time doing a happy dance, but definitely do one internally. After balancing the till, I just need to clean the restrooms, and who is anyone kidding? The process of cleaning the restrooms at a convenience store entails emptying the trash and spraying some god-awful cherry disinfectant around to simulate actual cleaning. Then I need to empty the rest of the trash, and I'm supposed to mop the whole store, but plan to do a spot job of big messes only. Another one of the tricks I've developed during my tenure as a third shift convenience store clerk. I spin back around to take another glance at the clock and freeze. The man is inside the fucking store. 
He's standing and staring in the exact same position he'd been standing and staring on the other side of the glass. But this time, he's right inside the store, instead of safely on the other side of the shatterproof and securely bolted door. It's as if he floated through the door but remained in the exact same stance in the exact same position. Fuck, I mutter, realizing I must have failed to fully engage the lock and that mistake is going to cost me at least 15 minutes rebalancing the till after this guy buys whatever he's come in for. And based on the looks of him, my guess is it's a pack of marble reds and a scratch off. Fuck, I sigh again and pull myself out of my chair to go out front and help him settle up as quickly as humanly possible. Hi there, I call out as I bust through the office door and enter the always harsh light of the main part of the store. I round the shelves to greet the supernaturally large man by the door and freeze again. He's gone. I spin toward the cash wrap to see if he was there perusing the cigarette selection while waiting for me to make it to the front, but he isn't there either. Hello? I call out again and make my way through the few short shelves, prioritizing the beer and chip sections, which are my second and third guesses for what he might have come in for. Nothing. He's absolutely nowhere to be found. I do a quick sweep of the restrooms, which were both wide open and waiting for my faux cleaning job of them in a few minutes, then rush to the front to double-check the door, which is locked up as tight as fucking Alcatraz. What the hell? I murmur to myself as I take one last sweep of the store as I walk back toward the office, thoroughly spooked, but equally relieved that I'm not going to lose as much time on my closing as I thought. I enter the office, immediately scan the security monitors, and my blood runs cold at what I see. The man is fucking back. He's back in the store, holding the exact same stance, staring at the exact same spot toward the back of the store, but this time, he's three feet further into the store than the last time I'd seen him. He's looking directly at the office. A tiny voice inside my head says, but I quickly shake it off and spin on my heels to go back out to the floor to figure out what exactly this guy wants so I can officially move on with my night. This time I come out guns blazing and shout, All right, buddy, what the fuck do you want, huh? Smokes? A six-pack? Whatever it is, it's on the house as long as you get the hell out of here and let me finish closing up. I slam open the office door so hard I make myself jump and flinch and then jump again when I look at the spot where the man had been, but he is gone. Again. Okay, seriously, what the fuck? Where are you? I call out, rushing between the aisles, checking restrooms and behind the cash wrap in case he'd hidden there the last time I'd come out, but there's nothing. No sign of him anywhere and not a single sound. Not a peep from the enormous man who looked like he couldn't take a single step without rattling bottles and heavy glass windows. And then it dawns on me. Drake! I shout and throw my head back laughing. Oh my god, of course, I say, howling even harder and whapping myself in the forehead with the palm of my hand as I hustle back toward the office. My coworker Drake and I have been engaging in a ferocious prank battle for months, but this is next level. Once I'd swiped the keys to his Jeep and parked it across the street in front of the sex shop with his phone number written on it in lipstick. One time he'd somehow convinced someone to let him borrow a goat and let it loose in the store on my shift. Each prank got progressively more elaborate and hilarious, but this deserves a gold medal. And Drake is a film student, so it suddenly makes so much sense. I hurry over to the security monitors, and sure enough, old Baldy is back in the store in the same position, staring at the same spot at the back of the store, but is now another free feet further inside. Oh my god, Drake, I am absolutely going to kill you. I say to no one and study the man in the video and the time code that runs across the top for any clues. 
I don't know enough about video or technology to know exactly what I'm looking at, but it's suddenly very clear that Drake had tracked down the world's largest and most menacing-looking man and convinced him to film these sequences in the store and then somehow hack the system to freak me the fuck out. And freak me the fuck out? He did. I twirl around the room, suddenly scanning for any hidden cameras he would have planted to know exactly when I entered or exited the office, but didn't spot any at first glance. But that didn't mean he hadn't hidden one behind the ever-growing mountain of crap in all corners of the room. As badly as I want to officially bust him in his prank, I want to make it to the bar before my friends get totally hammered even more, so I just say, good one, Drake, you win, for now, and then shake my head as I study the bald, unmoving man for a moment more and then leave the office to finish my final tasks. Since I've lost a few more minutes thanks to the prank, I don't even bother with the cherry disinfectant, and only swipe up the two darkest spots on the perpetually grimy floor, and then start my beeline back to the office to shut down the lights and grab my things and make my official exit for the night. I make it about halfway down the snack aisle before I see something that scares me so badly I almost twist my ankle I stop so quickly. I hold my breath as I try to quiet my racing thoughts and let my eyes fully come into focus to confirm I am seeing what I think I'm seeing because there is no fucking way I am seeing what I am seeing. The aisle I'm standing in gives me a full view of the floor-to-ceiling and wall-to-wall beverage coolers, and in the reflection of their glass doors, I can see the man. He's in the row next to me, standing almost exactly parallel to me, but this time he is smiling. As terrified as I am to see him standing there so close to me and no longer behind the safety of what I thought was a tampered with monitor, his smile is what almost brings me to my knees. It's as nearly as wide as his face, and the waver in the front of the glass makes it look as if he has rows and rows of teeth that almost seem to be shifting around in his mouth. I blink once, twice, three times. And each time I do, his head turns ever so slightly toward me, and after my third blink, his body is still facing toward the coolers, but his head is turned completely toward me, and I swear I can hear the sharp shifting of his teeth just on the other side of the aisle. There's just a rack of soda and some travel toiletries standing between me and an actual living nightmare, and suddenly my mind and soul come slamming back into my body, and I run as hard as I can and manage to wrench the office door open and slam it shut with my back to the door in one swift motion. I turn the puny lock to the locked position and scan the room with tears quickly filling up my eyes and ruining my vision. I swipe my hand across my eyes as I desperately scan the room from my phone and realize with an even deeper sense of horror than had already filled my body that I'd left it at the front by the register. I glance up at the monitors to confirm this, but my attention is seized by the lower left monitor before I can find what I'm looking for. The lower left monitor shows the camera view from right outside the office door, and the man is now standing just outside the door. He's in the same position he's been in the entire time, arms at his side, staring straight ahead and slightly hunched, but this time I notice that there is a horrible intensity built up inside that otherwise passive pose. Even worse, his face is so close to the office door, the door that my body is currently pressed up against with every muscle strained against it, that he could kiss it if he wanted to. And it doesn't look like he wants a kiss. It looks like he wants to hurt whatever is on the other side of that door with an unmatched ferocity, but 
that something is holding him back and only allowing him to complete his assault in strange three-foot increments. I have no idea what is slowing his approach, but I have a terrible sinking feeling that he can't be held off for long and I need to make a plan. I press my hands over my eyes and try to calm down, try to think. And when I do, the world comes into a more acute focus and through the door, I hear that awful, sharp shifting of his teeth literally just inches away from the back of my head. I take my hands down to check the monitors again, but at the last millisecond, I stop and slam my hands back over my eyes. Suddenly, I know with every fiber of my being that if I look up and see him again, I will see that he is in the room with me. If I even have long enough to register the sight before he does whatever he is here to do to me. I squeeze my eyes tighter and feel my way to the small set of filing cabinets next to the desk and wedge myself under and behind them. Fuck, what the fuck am I going to do? As long as I don't see him in a reflection or projection, I'll be okay, right? If I make it through the night, can somebody save me? Or will he follow me again until I see him again? Or is he already here right now? Is that the air conditioner kicking in? Or is it a thousand tiny sharp teeth grinding hungrily against the metal office door? Oh God, please help me. Please, please help me. truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.